ومن سيئات آمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad is His slave servant and His messenger. We would like to begin our lecture this evening. It is the 11th lecture in our series of the explanation of the book of Al-Imam Abu Ja'fa Al-Tahawi Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyya. And we have been, uh, uh, it has been our practice to review quickly the points that we uh, discussed in the previous lecture before going on to the new points. So in the last uh, lecture we discussed point number 38 in which Imam Al-Sahawi rahimahullah said وَتَعَالَى عَلَى الْحُدُودِ وَالْغَايَاتِ وَالْأَرْكَانِ وَالْأَعْضَاءِ وَالْأَدَوَاتِ لَا تَحْوِيهِ الْجِهَاتِ السِّتْ كَسَائِرِ الْمُبْتَدَعَاتِ That in reference to Allah uh, and the tanzih of Allah يعني we and our uh, effort to declare Allah being free from any shortcoming or imperfection and any comparison with anything in the creation uh, this is called tanzih uh, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi has used some language here which we mentioned last week which is not really the language of the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah, but it was his intention to use this language in order to refute those who try to make a comparison between Allah and anything in the creation. So he said, Ta'ala, an al Hudud wal Ghayat, that Allah is far removed and free from being limited by any bounds or boundaries or limits. And al arkan wal a'za wal adawat or limbs or body parts, nor does the six directions confine him like it does or like they do the other things in the creation. Yani meaning the direction the directions that uh, all created things are bound by, either the direction of above or below to the right, to the left, in front or behind. And we said of course that these uh, directions, they limit the created beings but they do not limit Allah and at the same time, uh, it doesn't mean that Allah is not in any direction. Allah is above the creation as confirmed in the Quran and the clear authentic sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi indicating such. Also, uh, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi mentioned uh, in point number 39, وَالْمِعْرَاجْ حَقٌ That is the ascension of the Prophet ﷺ to the seven heavens 
is really true, it is a reality. وَقَدْ أُسْرِيَ بِالنَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَعُرِجَ بِشَخْصِهِ فِي الْيَقَضَةِ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ حَيْثُ شَاءَ اللَّهِ مِنَ الْعُلَىٰ That the Prophet ﷺ was indeed taken by Allah on the night journey uh, from Mecca to Jerusalem and he was also taken up to the heavens in body and soul while he was awake then he was taken to the heights as Allah willed as high as he wanted and as mentioned in the Quran to the Sidratul Muntaha beyond which uh, no one may pass then he says and Allah honored him in the ways in every way that he willed and he revealed to him what he revealed as mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Najm chapter 53 verse 11 ما كذب الفؤاد ما رأى that the heart يعني, was not mistaken or incorrect in what it saw يعني, when he saw the angel Jibreel uh, and he closed this point by saying فَصَلَّى عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَالْأُولَى so may the salat of Allah be upon him and the salam be upon him in the next life and in this world. And the final point that he that we discussed last week is point number forty. والحوض الذي أقرمه الله تعالى به قيافا لأمته حق. And the uh, the حوض, the pool or pond or river. The Haud actually is not a river, but it is said from the river of paradise, Al-Kawthar. So this pond or fountain, uh, which Allah honored the Prophet ﷺ through it, would be a source of quenching the thirst of his ummah, of his followers on Yawm Qiyamah. And it is a true fact, it is a reality. And we also discussed some of the details of that uh, Al-Hawd and the authentic hadith indicate in the many narrations that the Hawd Walaikum As-Salaam Warahmatullahi It's its length or width length is equal to its width and from any side of it to another side is the distance that one might travel in a month's journey and the, the Prophet also indicated that its water was uh, whiter than milk and it was sweeter than honey and uh, whoever drank from it would never be thirsty again and so on the drinking cups for that held were equal to the number of the stars in the sky and we yeah, mentioned some of those descriptions that came in the sunnah uh, today we would like to continue where we left off did I so we should uh, proceed here with point number 41 where Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah starts a new topic and it is one of those topics that's related to the matters of the next life matters related to the 
last day, the judgment day and the resurrection. And he says, وَالشَّفَاعَةُ الَّتِي إِدَّخَرَهَا لَهُمْ حَقٌ كَمَا رُوِيَ فِي الْأَخْبَارِ وَالشَّفَاعَةُ يعني the shafa'a, the intercession التي إدخرها لهم that has been stored up that the Prophet وسلم, stored or held in reserve for his ummah it is haqqun, it is true, it is a reality as it has been reported in the akhbar or in the khabar or the hadith or narrations or reports from the Prophet Al-Shafa'ah has been translated usually as intercession. And perhaps some people might misunderstand the meaning here and they might think that Al-Shafa'ah or intercession, it could also, it is sometimes used to mean seeking to get near to Allah through someone or something else. Like some of the people, they go to the graves of those who are considered to be saints. And they pray to them as an intermediary between them and Allah. And of course this is forbidden in Islam. It is a form of shirk depending on how the person intends it. It might actually be major shirk that takes a person out of Islam or it might be less than that. Depending on if the person uh, is actually praying to Allah near the grave of that person thinking that being near the grave will help them. Or they are actually praying to the person, the dead person. If they are praying to the person, then this is offering worship to other than Allah. Dua, supplication is ibadah. That means it is in fact shirk. And this is very serious. In any case, we don't mean that kind of uh, intercession here. <laughs> we mean the intercession where uh, on the day of resurrection, the Prophet of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam or others besides him might be allowed by Allah by his permission uh, to intercede for others to speak on their behalf to help them in some way this is the intercession that we are talking about on the yawm, on the day of resurrection yawm al-qiyamah so uh, the shaykh Abdurrahman al-Khumayis in his very brief explanation here of this point of al-shafa'a intercession uh, he says that this Shafa'a or intercession for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is of different types. There are a number of types of intercession, not only one. The greatest of them is his intercession يعني for all of the people, all of humanity, from the first to the last, from the first man Adam alayhi salam until the last person who came on this earth before the resurrection. All of the people will be standing, prophets and otherwise, and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he would intercede or make shafa'a with Allah for all of humanity on that day when they will be standing waiting for the judgment to start. This place of standing is called the mawqif, where the people would be standing waiting for the judgment to start. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would intercede on behalf of the people and that is considered the greatest form of intercession that was given to him and it is exclusively for him alone and here he mentions just a part of the hadith he says that uh, the Prophet ﷺ would intercede for all of the people on that day uh, in order to request from Allah to begin the judgment to, judge, to begin to judge the people to come forth 
and to judge the people and it will be said yani Allah will say to him ishfa' to shafa' yani ask for intercession and your in- your request will be granted yani you will be allowed to intercede for them this hadith inshallah i would like to read it in its totality uh, perhaps but let me just go on with the explanation first and then we'll come back to it uh, this hadith is reported in Al-Bukhari in the book of Tawheed in the chapter entitled The Speech of the Lord Kalam Ar-Rab Azza wa Jalla The Speech of the Lord the Mighty and the Majestic and it is also reported in the Sahih of Muslim in the book of Iman the chapter entitled uh, that one who would be the lowest of the people of paradise yani, uh, the position who would have the least position of the people of paradise and both of these hadith are narrated by Anas ibn Malik. Okay, this is the first type of intercession that is mentioned by Ibn Abil Iz, who is the one who did the major uh, explanation of Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah. Uh, and most of the scholars after his time were relying upon his explanation. And so also, <coughs> Sheikh <coughs> Muhammad, uh, Abdurrahman uh, Al-Khumais, who we are taking the commentary from him, he also only summarized some of the points that Ibn Abdul Iz mentioned. So he mentions that as the first type of intercession. The second type is the Prophet ﷺ intercession for those people whose good deeds and bad deeds would be equal. Yeah, and there are some people on the day of resurrection when the deeds are weighed, their good deeds and evil deeds would be equal. Then the Prophet ﷺ would intercede for them with Allah to ask Allah to allow them to enter the paradise. The third intercession that he mentions is the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ for those people that would have been ordered to the fire. Allah ordered them to enter the fire. And the Prophet ﷺ would intercede for them and Allah would accept his intercession and they would not enter the hellfire. Yani people who Allah judged that they would be in the hellfire. And the Prophet ﷺ interceded for them and Allah accepted his intercession and save them from entering the fire at all. This is indeed a great thing. And this is really يعني, a reminder to us to consider the importance of this shafa'a, its reality, and how it may benefit us. How even if we fell short, perhaps we might uh, be fortunate to have the intercession of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, uh, for us, <coughs> that we may escape the punishment. The next type of intercession, the fourth type he mentioned, the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ to raise the station of some of the people who, int- who would enter the paradise that they might be in a higher station than they would have, than they would have been according to their deeds. I mean, according to the deeds that they did, the station that they would have been in, the Prophet ﷺ would intercede for them and ask Allah to raise their status and to raise their degree and to raise their station and they would be put in a higher place than they would have been. And the fifth type of intercession of the Prophet ﷺ would be for people who would enter the paradise بِغَيْرِ hisab Without? Naam. Without account. Without any account, yani Allah would not even look at their deeds. How much bad deeds they did or whatever, they would enter immediately into the paradise by the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ. Uqasha, 
one of the companions of the Prophet once asked in the presence of the Prophet that he may be of those 70,000 people who the Prophet said would enter the paradise without hisab, without accounting. And the Prophet said, announced to him, of course by permission from Allah, that you would be one of them. So there is 70,000 people from the Ummah of Muhammad that would enter the paradise without hisab, without account, without reckoning. The next type of intercession, the seventh, is it the seventh or the sixth? Uh, I think the sixth. Uh, is the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ to reduce the punishment of some of the people who will be punished in the hellfire. But their punishment would be lightened. It would be reduced by the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ. And the seventh type of intercession that he mentions is the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ on behalf of all of the believers in order that Allah might allow them to actually enter the paradise. And after it had been decided who would enter and who would not, then the people would be waiting to enter. And the Prophet ﷺ would be the first one who would go to the door of paradise and ask to enter, and he would be the first one to enter paradise, and then he would ask Allah to allow the people of paradise to enter, and they would enter. And the last type that he mentions, the eighth type, is the intercession of the Prophet Muhammad for the people Ahl al-Kabair min ummatihi the people who committed major sins the people who committed major sins for which they didn't repent in this world that means on the day of resurrection those sins would be in their account and they would be judged for such those people uh, who committed major sins of the believers of the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, he would intercede for them uh, in order to get those people out of the hellfire and they would be punished for those sins and he would intercede for them to get them out all of these types of intercession that are mentioned here, eight of them are all established in the authentic hadith of the Prophet except that it is important to mention that no intercession can be without permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah says in the Quran and here he mentions a few of the ayats that prove such and there are many First he mentioned Surah Al-Zumar, chapter 39, That intercession, all of it, every type of it, it belongs to Allah alone. All of it. There's no shafa'a except it is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if anyone is allowed to intercede, it would only be after permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second ayah that he mentions is in Surah Al-Anbiya, uh, Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter 21, verse 28, uh, where he says, That Allah, He is the one who knows what is before them and what is behind them. And no one will be, none, none of the people will intercede illa liman except for the one whom Allah is pleased that intercession may be made for them. Yani Allah is pleased with that person and that means Allah would, that means that here in this ayah some of the scholars said that that means this excludes the disbelievers because Allah is not pleased with them. 
Allah is not pleased with their deeds, with their disbelief. But the only one who someone might intercede for, even if they did uh, bad deeds and they deserve to, punish, to be punished, Allah might allow someone to intercede for them if he is pleased with them being interceded for. That means they would have to be from amongst the believers. And the last ayah that he mentions is uh, in Surah Al-Saba, chapter 34, verse 23, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That or intercession in front of Allah would not benefit anyone. Except the one that Allah gave permission to intercede for. Uh, and here some of the scholars said that this means that shafa'ah or intercession would not be allowed. Allah would not give permission to allow anyone to intercede for the disbelievers. Except in the one case that was special and it was allowed, it would be allowed for the Prophet ﷺ to intercede for who? His uncle. Abu Talib. Naam. And another verse which he didn't mention here, but some of the other scholars mentioned Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 255. And who is it that may intercede with him except by his permission? No one. No one will intercede except by his permission. Uh, the hadith of Ash-Shafa'a are many. There are many. And Al-Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin Al-Albani, in his commentary on this book, he says that the hadith of Al-Shafa'a are mutawatira. Mutawatira. That means they came from innumerable chains of narrators, about which there is no doubt. And Ibn Abi Asim, in his book, Al-Sunnah, which is a book dealing with Al-Sunnah here, meaning Al-Aqidah. In that book, he actually narrated the hadith of Al-Shafa'a in six chapters in six chapters containing 48 different hadith about al-shafa'ah and the different types the eight which we have mentioned here he mentioned hadith for all of them and so also Ibn Abi al-Iz in his explanation of al-aqidah tahawiyah also mentioned many of those hadith uh, one of the scholars who also mentioned al-shafa'ah most of the scholars in the books of aqidah also mentioned as uh, al-imam al-tahawi did uh, from the Hanbali Madhab Ibn Qudama in his book Lum'at al-Atiqad also mentions a shafa'a in these words in his book it's point number 64 and 65 and 66 and he says that our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would intercede for the people who enter the fire from his Ummah Min Ahl Al-Kabayr that he would intercede for the people of his Ummah who entered the fire if they were of those who committed major sins. And he would uh, bring them out of the fire by his intercession after they have been burned up and became like charcoal or burnt to ashes and coal. Then they would enter the paradise by his intercession. Then he says, وَلِسَائِرَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ شَفَاعَاتِ And also for the rest of the prophets, and the believers and the angels, there's also some intercession. And this is based on the saying of Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter 21, verse 28. 
ولا يشفعون إلا لمن ارتضى إلا لمن ارتضى وهم من خشيته مشفقون that they would not intercede meaning that there would be many people who intercede not only the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi but there would be many but they would not intercede except uh, for the one whom Allah is pleased with and this includes the other prophets as well as the believers and the angels would also intercede and the final point he mentions concerning al-shafa'ah he says وَلَا تَنْفَعُوا الْكَافِرَةِ شَفَاعَةُ الشَّافِعِينَ that the disbeliever would not benefit from anyone who tries to intercede for him or to make shafa'ah for him here al-shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen in his explanation of Lum'at al-Itiqad mentioned some important points which I think is beneficial for us. Uh, previously when we discussed al-shafa'ah in our explanation of usul al by Imam Ahmed, we only d- talked about al-shafa'ah in brief. So I thought at that time I said because we were doing a number of points in each lecture, uh, I said perhaps in the future we'll discuss it in more detail. So inshallah there's a chance for us tonight to discuss a little more detail about shafa'ah. So here he mentions first of all al-shafa'ah linguistically it means uh, جَعَلَ الْوِطْرِ شَفَعًا It means to make that which is odd, like one, to make it even, to increase it. Linguistically, this is the meaning of الشَفَعًا But in the technical language, in the mustalah, it means التوسط للغير بجلب المنفعة أو دفع مضرة That means that Technically, al-shafa'ah in the, ling- in the language of the sharia, in the deen of Islam, al-shafa'ah means that someone goes as an intermediary or intercessor or mediator on behalf of someone else. They step in between two parties and they try to speak up for that person in order to achieve some benefit for that person or to prevent some harm from coming to them. This is the technical meaning of al-shafa'ah. وَالشَّفَاعَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ نَوْعَانِ خَاصَ بِالنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَعَامَ لَهُ وَلِغَيْرِهِ And then he said, الشَّفَاعَ on the day of resurrection is of two types. There's the special shafa'a that is for the Prophet ﷺ alone, and there's the general shafa'a that would be for him and it would be for others besides him. The special al-khasa bihi صلى الله عليه وسلم is shafa'atuhu al-uzma. The special shafa'a is the great shafa'ah, shafa'at al-uzma that will be for the ahl mawqif, the people who will be standing waiting for the judgment on the day of qiyamah. Uh, and that shafa'ah would be in order to ask Allah to proceed to judge between the people while they were standing in fright and fear on that day waiting for the judgment to start. It was a terrible, it would be a terrible scene and a difficult trial for all people. And in that day, uh, the Prophet Muhammad would, would be allowed and he would be called on to intercede for the people to get on to ask Allah to proceed with the judgment. And no one else would be able to uh, step forward at that time and intercede. And the people, he says here, would go to Adam and Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa السلام, may Allah's peace be upon them all but they would all excuse themselves they would say it is not for me, I am not able to do such uh, and each of them except Isa السلام, would mention his excuse why he can not do so yani something that he did in this world for which he is hesitant to step before Allah and try to intercede 
And finally they would go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he would, he would intercede with Allah, he would go forward to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him to proceed with the judgment and Allah would begin to judge between the people. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, the great scholar of Tafsir, and Ibn Abdul Iz, the explainer of this book of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, both of them said, the, uh, the hadith concerning al-shafa'a, most of them have been summarized or shortened, not mentioned in its entirety, because the hadith of al-shafa'a is a very long hadith. But most of the scholars uh, only mentioned a part of it. And the reasoning for them mentioning only a part of it, the part concerning the intercession for the people who committed major sins, was as a refutation to refute the khawarij and the mu'tazila because they denied that the people who committed major sins would enter the paradise. They said whoever committed major sins, that they would be eternally in the hellfire. Yani a Muslim, a believer, who believed in Allah, but they commit major sins, they said they would be in the hellfire and they would never come out of it. So many of the scholars mentioned this hadith, the hadith of, of, uh, uh, of al-shafa'a, in order to refute their false belief and show that there could be intercession and that even the people who committed major sins and entered the fire would be allowed by Allah to escape from the fire after some time. Then that was the uh, first part. The second part he said, the second type of intercession, he said that there is uh, Am and Khat. The first one is Khat, is, is special for the Prophet and the second one is general and that is the Shafa'a for those who would enter the fire. Yani this Shafa'a, not only the Prophet would intercede for some people who committed major sins, but also this is a general type of Shafa'a that other people would also be allowed to intercede for some of the people who committed major sins in order to get them out of the hellfire after they had been in the hellfire for some time, burning in the hellfire until they burn into charcoal or ashes. And this is based on the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu who said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and this hadith is reported in the musnad of Imam Ahmed and Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir in his book Al-Nihaya said that this hadith هَذَا إِسْنَادٌ صَحِيْهِ عَلَى شَرْطَ الشَّيْخِينَ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجَاهُ مِنْ هَذَا الْوَجْهِ يعني that this hadith is isnad is authentic based on the conditions of a shaykhin. A shaykhin is men. Who is the two shaykhs? Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Naam. He said that this hadith is isnad, is authentic based on the conditions of Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And in that hadith it is reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَمَّ أَهْلُ النَّارِ الَّذِينَ هُمْ أَهْلُهَا فَلَا يَمُوتُونَ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيُونَ Yani as for the people who are the people of hellfire, yani they are they are intended for permanent yani residence in the hellfire, those people they would not die in it nor would they live. Yani they wouldn't have life nor would they have death, but only punishment in the hellfire. Walakin Unasun Aukama Kala to see Buhum and Nar Bidunubihim Aukala bi Khatayahum Fayumituhum إِمَاتَةً حَتَّى إِذَا صَارُوا فَحْمًا أُذِنَا فِي الشَّفَاعَةِ يعني, But there would be another group of people They would be punished by the fire due to their sins Not because they are the Ahlul Nar They are not the people of hellfire 
They are of the believers, but because of their sins they would get some punishment in the hellfire. As for them, their situation is different. The Prophet ﷺ said that those people due to their sins, they would, uh, um, they, would, they would be touched by the hellfire. Then Allah would cause them to die and they would be burned until charcoals. And then Allah would give permission for intercession and allow someone to intercede for them to take them out of the hellfire. Here he says, uh, Sheikh uh, Al Uthaymeen says that this shafa'a would be allowed for the Prophet and it would be allowed for others besides him, including the other prophets and messengers and the angels and the believers. And this is based on the hadith of the Prophet that's reported by Abu Sa'id al Khudri radiallahu anhu from the Prophet of Allah in which he said in that hadith part of it. فيقول الله تعالى that Allah would say شفعت الملائكة وشفع النبيون وشفع المؤمنون ولم يبقى إلا أرحم الراحمين فيقبض قبضة من النار فيخرج أو فيخرج منها قوما لم يعملوا خيرا قط قد عادوا this is a very interesting hadith recorded by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. The Prophet said that Allah the Most High would say the angels have interceded and the Prophets have interceded and the believers have interceded. Yani whoever was going to be allowed intercession from amongst the angels and the Prophets and the believers all of them would have interceded for whoever Allah allowed them to intercede for and whoever Allah was, was pleased with to be interceded for وَلَمْ يَبْقَى إِلَّا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ And no, no one would remain to intercede except the most merciful of those who are mercy that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then Allah would take a handful of people out of the hellfire He would bring a people out of the hellfire لَمْ يَعْلَمُوا خَيْرًا قط. A people from amongst the people of Tawheed Yani the believers who testified to Allah, not from the disbelievers, but they didn't do any good deeds. A people, lam ya'malu khayran khat. He said they didn't do any good, absolutely at all. Those people, no one would be able to intercede for them except arhamur rahimin, except the most merciful of those who are merciful, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah would take a handful of those people out of the hellfire uh, after they had been burned into charcoal. This hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Then he says that this intercession actually has been denied by the Mu'atazila and the Khawarij. These two groups of people, we heard their names so many times. The important point here is that they are in agreement that the people who committed major sins would be in the hellfire eternally. The Mu'atazila said the people who commit major sins they are between two positions. They are not believers nor disbelievers. The Khawarij said the people who commit major sins are kafirs. But in the end result, both of them are in agreement. Even though the Mu'atazila said, didn't say they are disbelievers, but they said on the day of resurrection they would be thrown into the hellfire and stay in there permanently. And the Khawarij also said the same thing. So on this point they are in agreement that the people who committed major sins 
would be in the hellfire eternally and there would be no way for them to get out. Which means that they denied a shafa'ah for the ahl kaba'ah, for the people of major sins. Then the Shaykh Uthameen says we refute them by two things. The first way we refute them is by saying that they have contradicted and opposed the authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ which have been narrated mutawatir not by one or two reports by, by innumerable reports from many of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and those who came after them throughout the generations and the second refutation of them is that the shafa'ah on Yawm Qiyamah is something that has been agreed upon there is consensus or ijma' of the Muslim Ummah except for the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij then he also says that there are conditions for a shafa'ah there are two conditions the first of them uh, we should be able to say them now what are the two conditions for a shafa'ah yeah, and no one will be allowed to make intercession except with two conditions the first condition is that it would have to be with permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ who is it that can intercede with him except by his permission and there are ayats that we mentioned and the second condition is that Allah has to be pleased with them uh, and here Shaykh Al-Thaymeen says that Allah should be pleased with the Shafi'i and the Mashfu'ah yani the one who is interceding and the one who is interceded for uh, and he mentioned here the ayah in Surah Al-Anbiya that we already mentioned, chapter 21, verse 28. And that they would not be able to intercede except the one whom, for the one whom Allah is pleased with. As for the disbelievers, there is no intercession for them. And this is, here he says, the proof of this is the ayat in Surah, surah Al-Mudathir, verse 48. Al-Mudathir, I don't know what number it is. If someone can please check for me so we can record it. Surah Al-Mudathir. It is near the end, in the next to the last Jews, I think. Uh, chap- uh, verse 48. In that uh, ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ الْشَافِعِينَ That whoever, the, the people who intercede for them, that intercession would not benefit them. And the people who intercession would not benefit are the disbelievers. And then he finally mentions the last point, but there is an exception to this, and that is the intercession of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for his uncle Abu Talib, uh, who would be in a low level of the hellfire. He would be wearing shoes which would be boiling, yani shoes of fire, which would be so hot it would cause his brain to boil. وَإِنَّهُ لَأَهْوَنُ أَهْلُ النَّارِ and he would be the least punished person in the hellfire. He would be the least. And the fire that he would be in, only covering his feet, would be so, so hot that it would cause his brain to boil. Uh, then he mentions here the hadith, uh, the authentic hadith reported by Imam Muslim, in which the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلَوْلَا أَنَا لَكَانَ فِي دَرْكَ الْأَسْفَلَ مِنَ النَّارِ If it wasn't for me, يعني for me interceding for him, he would have been in the lower levels of the hellfire. But this is specially, يعني this intercession or this case of intercession for a disbeliever is only a special case for the Prophet ﷺ and only especially for his uncle Abu Talib and not for any other disbeliever. And perhaps 
and Allah knows best, Shaykh Uthaymin says, perhaps it is because of what Abu Talib had done in order to support and protect and defend the Prophet wasallam and to defend the message that he brought and the religion that he called to. Abu Talib did in fact protect and defend and even suffered himself in defense of the life of the Prophet ﷺ and his mission and perhaps it is for this reason and Allah knows best. Mudassir is what? 74? Jazakallah khair, 74. Surah Mudassir chapter 74 verse 48. Jazakallah khair. Uh, just uh, quickly, also uh, in the book Al Aqidah Al Wasitiyah by Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, in the commentary about Al uh, Shafa'a, there's just a, a similar point uh, mentioned as we just read. We will skip that and only mention the end of what he said here. He said, that uh, Allah would take some people out of the hellfire without any shafa'ah that is without anyone interceding for him and this is as mentioned in the hadith in which it is reported that, the, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, would take a handful of people out of the hellfire not only that but also uh, they would remain in the paradise they will remain in the paradise after all the people into the paradise and those who were removed from the hellfire were removed and they also into the paradise they will remain a place in the paradise that wouldn't be filled and for that reason Allah would then create some people and put them also into the paradise yani he would create some people to fill up the paradise this is mentioned by Shaykh Uthaymeen in his commentary on uh, Al-Aqidah Al-Wasatiyah by Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah uh, and there is one other point which I think is of importance and it is in the commentary of Usulu Sunnah by Imam Ahmed where uh, Shaykh Abdurrahman ibn Jibreen, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him in his commentary on this very same point about uh, this point about a shafa'ah uh, he mentions uh, at the end of it after mentioning that others would share in the intercession for the people who committed major sins including the prophets and the angels and the believers he said that this intercession uh, for the people who committed major sins would be for the Ahlul Tawheed for the people who confirmed and sincerely believed that Allah is alone in his names and characteristics of perfection and his right to be worshipped they believed in this and attested to it but they only, due to their weakness, fell victim to some sins, but they were from the Ahl Tawheed. Then those people would be taken out of the hellfire after being burned into coal, uh, and they would have been in the hellfire for a long time, perhaps thousands of years. Perhaps thousands of years. Until they would be taken out and then thrown into a river in paradise, or at the doors of paradise, Nahru al-Hayat, the river of life then they would sprout forth as seeds sprout forth from the banks of the river of life then after that they would be entered or they would be allowed to enter the paradise and enjoy that which the people of paradise are enjoying 
after having been punished with a terrible punishment. But this يعني, uh, is hope even يعني, for the person who believes in Allah alone. That even if they were a sinful person, even if they were an evil person, but if they sincerely believed in the Tawheed of Allah, then there is hope that they would escape from the hellfire and that they would also be allowed to enter the paradise and enjoy the bounties of paradise like the people of paradise. And he says, but this is because they are of the people of Tawheed, the people who believe in Allah alone. Uh, and there is one hadith which I would like to read quickly. And this is the final uh, point about al-shafa'ah. Uh, it is a hadith reported in al-Bukhari. And there are a number of narrations of this hadith. Uh, one of them is reported in al-Bukhari. Um, in the book of Tawheed. In the end of uh, al-Bukhari. In the book of Tawheed. Uh, under the chapter of Kalam al-Rabb ta'ala yawm qiyamah ma'al anbiya wa ghayrihim. Yani the speaking of the Lord, the Most High on the day of resurrection. Uh, speaking with the prophets and others besides the prophets. And this hadith is narrated by uh, Ma'abad ibn Hilal al-Anazi. He said, we, some of the people of Basra, gathered together and went to Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. And we went in the company of Thabit al-Bunani so that he might ask Anas about the hadith of al-Shafa'ah on our behalf. When we reached there, Anas was in his palace and our arrival coincided with the time of the Duha, Salat al-Duha. We asked permission to enter and he allowed us to enter while he was sitting on his bed. We said to Thabit, they said to Thabit who was going to represent them to ask the questions, they said to him, لا تسأله لا تسأله عن شيء أول من حديث الشفاء يعني don't ask about anything before asking about الشفاء يعني they came exclusively for this reason they wanted to know about this important subject of الشفاء so he said oh Abu Hamza that was the kunya of Anas ibn Malik he said uh, these are your brothers who have come from Basra coming to ask you about the hadith of intercession Anas radiallahu anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama said the following إذا كان يوم القيامة ما جاء الناس بعدهم في بعض يعني on the day of resurrection the people would be piled on top of one another how many people would be there? every human being prophets and others from the first man until the last all the people would be gathered together some of them piling on top of others فَيَأْتُونَ آدَمْ فَيَقُولُونَ إِشْفَعْ لَنَا إِلَى رَبِّكَ They would say to Adam alayhi salam intercede for us with your Lord فَيَقُولُ لَسْتُ So he would say Go to Ibrahim salam. He is Khalil Ar-Rahman. He is the close friend of Allah Ar-Rahman. Fayatuna Ibrahim Fayakul Lastulaha. They will go to Ibrahim salam and he will also say, It is not for me to do so. But go to Musa, for he is the one whom Allah has spoken to. Fayatuna Musa Fayakulu Lastulaha. Then they would go to Musa alayhi salam Moses. 
and he would say it is not for me ولكن عليكم بعيسى فإنه روح الله وكلمته then he would say but go to Isa Jesus for verily he is a spirit created by Allah and he is the word of Allah يعني كن فيكون Allah created him by a word only without the يعني intercourse between men and women without having a father فيقول uh, then Isa also would say لست لها it is not for me to do so ولكن عليكم بمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فَيَأْتُونِي فَأَقُولُ أَنَا لَهَا Then he would say, it is not for me to go to Muhammad وسلم, and they would come to me, the Prophet وسلم, said, they would come to me and I would say, it is for me to do so. فَأَسْتَأْذِنُوا عَلَى رَبِّي فَيُؤْذَنُوا لِي فَيُلْهِمُنِي مُحَامِدَ أَحْمَدُهُ بِهَا لَا تَحْضُرُنِي الْآنِ He said that I will ask permission from my Lord and he will give me permission and then he will reveal to me some words of praise that I will praise him by words that are not known to me now. Yani some words that no one ever used before and even the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu didn't know such words in this world. فَأَحْمَدُهُ بِتِلْكَ muhammad Then I will praise him with those words of praise. فَأَخِّرُ لَهُ سَاجِدًا Then I will fall prostrate in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَيُقَالْ يَا Muhammad, إِرْفَى رَأْسَكْ وَقُلْ يُسْمَى لَكْ Then it will, be, it will be said, Allah will say to him, O Muhammad, raise up your head, speak, and what you say will be heard. Sal وَسَلْ تُعْتَى Ask, and you will be given وَشْفَى تُشَفْعَى Ask for intercession, and your intercession will be granted. فَأَقُولُ يَا رَبِّي أُمَّتِي أُمَّتِي فَيُقَالُ أَنْتَلِقْ فَأَخْرُجْ مِنْهَا مَنْ كَانَ في قلبه مثقال شعيرة من الإيمان يعني at this point the prophet when he is given permission to make intercession he will say oh my lord أمتي أمتي my ummah my followers my followers in some of the narrations of this hadith when the people went to the different prophets each of them mentioned their excuse why they couldn't intercede and they would say nafsi nafsi يعني I, am, I have to look out for myself everyone in that day will only be concerned about themselves but Allah will give this special honor to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the last of the prophets and messengers and he would stand before Allah and with the permission of Allah he would intercede and he would ask Allah for his for help or intercession for his followers ummati ummati and it will say it, Allah will, it will be said to him go forth and take out those who have in their heart misqala sha'ira yani the weight of a bali grain of iman yani those who have even smallest amount of iman of a grain of barley Allah is the one who will decide who you can take out even when he gave permission what, who you can take out those who have even the amount of faith of iman in their heart equal to a barley seed then he will go forth and he will do so then he will return and he will praise Allah with those words of praise again and he will fall prostrate in front of Allah and it will be said to him Ya Muhammad irfa ra'sak Ya'ani raise your head and say and it will be heard and ask and you will be given and ask for intercession and it will be granted and I will say Ya Rabbi Ummati Ummati the Prophet will go back to Allah again through the same process and ask again to intercede for his followers Ya Ummati Ya, ya Rabbi Ummati Ummati and it will be said to him go forth فأخرج منها من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة أو خردلة من الإيمان. 
then Allah will decide for him who he may take out this time and he will say go forth and take out of it those who have the amount of iman in their heart equal to a dharra huh? <laughs> some, be, some have translated as such but actually the more correct meaning is a small ant there is there was a very small ant not like the normal ants that you see but it is very 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 small and I think they said 1,000 of them is equal to the weight, the weight of a grain, a seed. In any case, some said an atom's weight, because later when the people came to know what is an atom, and they said the atom is the smallest thing, so they called it an atom's weight. In any case, the meaning here is that those who have yani the least that you can imagine of iman, even it's indetectable, who have even that amount, then go forth and take them out. Then he would go forth and he would take them out, and then he would return, and he would praise Allah with those prayers, and he would submit himself prostrate to Allah, and it will be said to him, O Muhammad, raise your head, speak and it will be heard, ask and you will be given, ask for intercession and you will be granted intercession, and he will say, Ya Rabb, Ummati, Ummati, once again, O my Lord, my followers, my followers, and it will be said to him, go forth, فأخرج من كان في قلبه أدنى أدنى مثقال حبة من خردل من إيمان يعني those who have the least, least, least amount even the least than the Iman equal to less than the weight of a seed or a mustard seed of Iman then he will go forth and he will take them out of the fire he will go forth and take them from the fire فَلَمَّا خَرَجْنَا مِنْ عِنْدِ okay and then he goes on to say يعني the narrator of the hadith after this he said uh, then after we left Anas I said to some of my companions, let's pass by Al-Hasan. Let's go to the house of Hassan, who is hiding himself in the house of Abi Khalifa, and request him to tell us what Anas ibn Malik, and, and, and request, and let us report to him what we heard from Anas ibn Malik. So we went to him, and we greeted him, and he admitted us, and we said to him, O oh, Abu Sa'id, his kunya, his name that he is called by, we came to you from your brother Anas ibn Malik and he related to us a hadith about the intercession the like of which I have never heard before. We never heard such a hadith before. He said, what is that? Then we told him of the hadith and, he, and, and said he stopped at this point of the hadith. At that point Al-Hassan said, what after that? We said he did not add anything to it. He said, Anas radiallahu anhu related that hadith to me 20 years ago. That very same hadith he related to me 20 years ago when he was a young man. I don't know whether he forgot or if he did not like for you to depend on something that remained in that hadith. Yani, did he leave it off because he didn't want you to yani, take this and think that you will enter paradise easily or did he forget? He wasn't sure. In any case, they said, tell us, tell us and he smiled. He smiled and he said that man is created in haste. He said, I didn't mention this to you except because I am going to report to you what I heard from him. And then he reported to them that Anas had reported to him that the Prophet ﷺ went back the fourth time and he praised Allah with those words and he fell in prostration in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it was said to him, Ya Muhammad, raise your head speak and it will be heard, ask and you will be given, ask for intercession and you will be allowed to intercede and I will say, Ya Rabbi, I'adhan li fi man qala la ilaha illallah 
fayaqulu wa izzati wa jalali wa kibriya'i wa 'azamati la ukhrijanna minha man qala la ilaha illallah the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would finally go back and he would say ya rabbi o oh my lord give me permission a'zan li fi man qala la ilaha illallah ya'ni give me permission even to intercede to take out the person who didn't do anything more than that they said sincerely la ilaha illallah no more than that no not even less than the people that were interceded for before uh, those who just said la ilaha illallah and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say wa izzati by my might wa jalali and my glory or majesty wa kibriya'i and my greatness وَعَذَمَتِي in my supremacy لَأُخْرِجَنَّ لَأُخْرِجَنَّ that means not لَأُخْرِجَنَّ لَأُخْرِجَنَّ that means emphasis I would definitely cause to come out مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and this is one of the great virtues of the kalimat al-tawheed لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ that it will be a means for some of the people to escape from the hellfire uh, and this is um, actually the end of the time <laughs> uh, so we will stop here and not go to the next uh, point because there isn't enough time uh, but um, so we can take some time for some comments or questions or corrections uh, if there are any naam subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik naam brothers or sisters are there any comments or questions the intercession uh, for the time of for the the intercession before the generation mm-hmm. the people of before the, the the people of the previous prophet it is not emphasized the prophet muhammad sallallahu he is informing his ummah of what yani favor is for them the bounty the superiority that is especially for them but also it is mentioned in other narrations of the hadith that not only the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi would be allowed to intercede but other prophets would intercede they will intercede also for their people the other prophets will intercede for their people all the the people the people of the mawqif they will go to one prophet to another not necessarily specifically those of the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam because all people will be gathered together without distinction and they will all be in fear and terror and they will seek someone to speak up for them who better than the prophets who better than our father adam so the first one who they went to is the father of all humanity they went to their father the children of adam they went to their father said intercede for us don't you see what condition we are in what situation we are in do something for us No they will not be left because the al-shafa'a al-'uzma the great intercession it is intercession for all of humanity yani it will be the intercession for Allah to proceed with the judgment it will not only be for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam but it will be for all people there is some special intercession that is specially for the ummah of Muhammad just like al-haud there are other uh fountains that the followers of the other prophets would drink from but the greatest of them is the fountain of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
So also the other prophets will be allowed to intercede and they will intercede for their people. I don't know that the judgment will be first for them. I, I am not aware that there is any indication that which uh, generation of the people <laughs> will be uh, judged first by their uh, first generation first or by the prophets or by the ummah or what I don't know I am not aware of such any other comments yes brother Naam. The people of Tawheed, if they committed major sins, or minor sins, and they asked Allah's forgiveness, that means in this life, they repented, you mean, if they repented in this life, sincere repentance, with the conditions of repentance, then if Allah accept their repentance, and turn to them, accepting their repentance, then they are forgiven for such. They will not be called to account for that thing. The people will be called to account for the sins that they didn't repent from in this world. As for the sins that Allah forgave in this life through your repentance or through any other means, perhaps some sins you will not be called to account for because you repented. Some sins you will not be called to account for, Allah may have removed them from you by other means, by some good deeds that remove sins. The, between one Jummah and the next is removal of sins. Between one Ramadan and another there is removal of sins. Between one Umrah and another there is removal of sins. There is so many deeds, some dhikr that we may say for removal of sins. Some charity that is removal of sins. The Prophet said that charity removes sins like water, like water puts out fire. So there are many things that may remove sins. Whatever you did to remove your sins in this life, you are not to be called to account for those sins. But what remains is what you will be called to account for. If you repented, then on Yawm Qiyamah you will not be called to account for such. But what you will be called to account for Yawm Qiyamah will be that which was not removed by good deeds or something in this world or repentance in this world. Those sins that remained with you, that's what you may be punished for. And even that, Allah if He wills, He might forgive you out of His mercy. And you might not be punished. Or you may also get intercession by the Prophet Muhammad by the believers, by the martyrs, by the angels or so on. So this is really, the, the subject of intercession is really good news for the believers. It is good news. But as uh, Al-Hasan Rahimahullah said, perhaps Anas didn't complete that hadith. That the Prophet would go forth a fourth time in order to ask Allah for intercession for those who only said La ilaha illallah perhaps some people if they heard such they will say okay no problem we don't have to strive and struggle because even the Prophet Muhammad will intercede for us we have said La ilaha illallah it is enough we will get out by this intercession so perhaps we might also believe have such idea that we will escape by intercession or we will escape by one means or another and we might become lazy or dependent on such and it is not meant for such but it is meant to be an encouragement so that we do not become hopeless when we committed many sins we might feel hopeless and fall and go astray but this intercession is really an encouragement for us that even if you committed sins you should repent even if you fell short in whatever there is still the hope that Allah's mercy and the intercession of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the intercession of the martyrs and the righteous and the believers might also help us to escape from such. 
If it is involving, if the wrong deed, the sin, the act that the one that someone has committed is related to the rights of human beings, then Allah will not allow you to escape accounting for that except that you have to first reckon with that person. Either you will go to them in this world and ask them to forgive you. If anyone backbites someone, then Allah will not, this cannot be erased by doing some good deed. But it can only be removed by the punishment that you are justly due or that person forgiving you. So that means whoever did any harm to another person, they hit them, they struck them, they killed someone, they backbited, they took their property, any such thing that involves the rights of human beings, it has to be settled with the person whose rights were taken. That's why one of the conditions of repentance, if it is not a sin between you and Allah, if it is related to human beings, before the repentance can be accepted, you have to make up with that person. If you stole, you have to ask Allah for forgiveness, you have to feel remorse, you have to make yani, determination not to go back to stealing again, and you have to stop doing it as soon as you realize that it is wrong. All of that is part of repentance. But also, that repentance will not be complete like other repentance from lying or something like that. Because there is another factor here, it is the property of a human being. That means your repentance is not complete in that case until you return that property. Or you ask that person to yani, uh, pardon you for such or forgive you. I need to say, okay, I excuse you from it. Otherwise, if you don't settle with that person, the rest of the conditions of repentance do not entitle you to ex- for your repentance to be accepted when it involves the rights of human beings. <coughs> okay, there's a question from the sisters. We will take that and then perhaps we will leave. I think uh, maybe the Adhan has been called, but we didn't hear it. It must have been. Uh, the people of Ahl Tawheed who will be taken from hellfire, taken out from hellfire. One, Unitarian Christian who had committed sin. Two, Muslims did not do good deeds but say, La ilaha illallah. Three, other people who don't have any religion but believe that there is God. Okay, are these all included? I guess the question is. <laughs> As for the Muslims who didn't do good deeds, but they sincerely spoke and testified to the Tawheed of Allah, they are included in the people of Tawheed that might receive intercession and be taken out of the hellfire. Yani the people of Tawheed would not remain in the hellfire forever. Not, they would not remain in the hellfire forever. Uh, <clears throat> As for the uh, people... The Unitarian Christians who had committed sins. Unitarian Christians, if you mean by Unitarian Christians, Christians who believe that there is only one God, and they don't believe that Jesus is a God, or that Jesus is divine, or that Jesus is the Son of God, or such things as this. If they are living in this time, then they are required to believe and to testify to the prophethood of Muhammad The Prophet said in the authentic hadith recorded by Imam Muslim and Sahih Muslim that I swear by Allah that anyone from amongst the people of the book that is Christians and Jews he mentioned specifically who heard about me and that which I have been sent with that is the message I have been sent with Islam 
and who dies without believing in it will be definitely in the hellfire. Yeah, and if they will be in the hellfire. Because the person who says there is only one God but denies the one who Allah sent, then they don't believe in Allah. Whoever disbelieves in the Prophet, they have disbelieved in the one who sent him. This is a very important principle that we must understand. The Prophets are not to be worshipped, but the Prophets are only sent by Allah to order the people what Allah told him to order the people to do. If anyone disobeys the Prophet, who they are disobeying? They are, they are disobeying the Prophet or they are disobeying Allah. If, if the Prophet came and told them to believe in something and they didn't accept it, they are rejecting him or they are rejecting Allah. That means whoever rejects the Prophet, they are in fact rejecting Allah. So those people in this day and time, they will not be allowed to be considered amongst the believers. But if they came before the mission of Prophet Muhammad and they believed in the oneness of Allah, the Tawheed of Allah, that Allah is alone in His right to be worshipped and perfect characteristics and so on, then they would be from the Ahl Fitrah. They will be from the Ahl Fitrah, the people who was living in a time before the mission of the Prophet Muhammad and the prophets of the past message had been lost or corrupted and they didn't know the true message but they really believed in the Tawheed of Allah then those people of Ahl Fitrah would be given the test by Allah on Yawm Qiyamah Allah would come before them as this recorded in the authentic hadith and he would ask them, am I not your Lord? and they would testify that yes, yes you are our Lord then he would show them the fire and he would order them to enter the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who they just testified, you are our Lord, he would command them. As he commanded the other people in this world through the prophets, those who obeyed his command through the prophets, they would enter paradise, and those who disobeyed would enter the hellfire. And so also the Ahl Fitrah, when Allah ordered them to enter the fire, if they obeyed him, they would be entitled to paradise. And if they disobeyed him, they should be entitled to hellfire. So those who obeyed him and entered into the hellfire will find that they have entered into paradise. And those who disobeyed him would be thrown into the real hellfire. Those people of uh, Tawheed, of the, of the previous nations, or those who came before the message of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, then they will be tested in this way. And those who came in this time, after the mission of the last Prophet, then they must accept his mission and his message in order to be considered of the people of Tawheed and the believers in Allah because part of belief in Allah is belief in the prophets that he sent as well as the message that he sent as well as the angels in the last day and so on the arcan of Iman the, the arcan of Iman is belief in the prophets if someone says I believe in Allah but I don't believe in the prophets then they are not a believer and Allah knows best uh, is there any other comment or question before we leave? any question or comments brothers? سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك كلا إذا بلغت التراقي وقيل من راق